start with a reading there. Uh, continue our series here on uh, Bible doctrine. We're going to talk about the will of God today. This will overlap a little bit with, with some of what we talked about regarding the sovereignty of God. Uh, a little bit of it, but not completely. Uh, turn to Psalm 115, and we'll read verse 1 through 3 to start. And then we'll jump over to chapter 135 and read verse 6. Uh, Psalm 115, verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever He pleases. I wanted to read all those verses, though verse 3 is, is the focus, because verse 2 where he says, So why should the Gentiles say, So where is your God? And a lot of people might be saying that today, right? I mean, where's God at in all of this? Where's God at in the Gentiles? Where's God at in our country? Where's God at in other countries? We see things going on like, where's God? Well, he just wants to affirm this. Listen, you need to know this. If Our God is in the heavens, and He does whatever He pleases. You need to know that that's still going on in the midst of confusion. As we see it, God is doing what God wants, okay? Uh, Psalm 135 and verse 6 says this, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. I just think, all of nature, all of nature, I mean in the heavens, the heavens regarding where the birds are at, and the heavens of glory where He's at on the earth, uh, in, in the oceans, the fish, I mean, they obey Him. He does what God, what He wants. The will of God, as we might define it this morning, is God's faculty of self-determination and choice, or the inherent preference of God, or the purpose and plan of God. Now the passage we just read, like I said at the beginning, were used... Uh, to talk about the sovereignty of God, but we're going to talk more about God's sovereignty in line also with, with the other aspects of God's will and desire for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us, Lord, as we look at this subject. And Father, I'm so thankful that, Lord, that you accomplish your will and your purpose. But Father, also know that there's that aspect of your will where you show us what you would have us to do, and oftentimes... As humans, in our nature, we don't do it. But Father, we know that your ultimate plans and decrees, the things that you events you've planned out, they shall happen as you have seen fit. And we take comfort in that, that in spite of, of man's rebellion against your revealed will and your word, you shall accomplish all of your purpose. And we take comfort in that this morning. Father, help us as we look at this and help us have a biblical view of who you are and understand you better today. In Jesus' name, and amen. Now, while one part of the will of God will be some about the sovereignty of God, we'll mention that, um, but as we talk about God's will, it will also include God's sovereignty, but other things about God's will too. And I want to consider these things together because 
God's will isn't just about His sovereignty, God doing what, what God says He's going to do, or, and God planning that and purposing that and carrying that out. God's will also includes other aspects of His will in regards to, to things He's shown to us and made known to us in the Word of God uh, that we are to do. Sometimes we say, you know, I'm looking for God's will in my life. Wasn't well, God in one sense is going to do His will, His purposes and plans, but at the same time, we need to understand what God's purpose and plan is in our life that He's shown us that He wants us to do, and we find that out by being in the Word of God. We'll look at that later. But let's talk about the qualities of God's will first. The qualities of God's will. God's will is one of complete freedom. And in other words, I mean that God's will is absolutely free uh, in the sense that it is not constrained by anything outside of God Himself or outside of His own nature. Um, we talk about man's will uh, being confined to his nature. Man, uh, you know, man is born with an evil nature, and apart from that evil nature, that's, that's, what, that's how he makes choices, that's how he makes decisions in accordance to his, his nature. But you realize God's the same way? God's the same way. God acts in accordance to God's nature. And we've already seen that God is sovereign. We've seen God's holy, God is just, God is righteous, God is truth. All of those things. Uh, God operates, God's will is free, and that it, it, it's an operation in accordance to who He is. God's will is uninfluenced by mankind. In other words, man is not going to change God's plans and purposes of what God has ultimately decided. Because God's will is free, we may conclude as well, as we have said, that God is sovereign in the, in the formation and execution of His will. Basically, God does what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, with whom He wants. Um, I like uh, this quote by Bonar. He said this, Much zeal is shown for the freedom of man's will. Little jealousy seems to be left for the freedom of God's will. I like that. I mean, man is all the time wanting to talk about how free his will is. But we don't want to talk about how free God's will is. <laughs> it's like we want God to fit in our box. We want to conform God to what we want, right? Um, he says, men insist that, that it is unjust and tyrannical in God to control their wills, yet see nothing unjust, nothing proud, nothing satanic in attempting to fetter and direct the will of God. Man, it seems, cannot have his own foolish will gratified unless the all-wise God will consent to relinquish His. Such are some of the steps in the march of atheism. Such are the preparations making in these last days by the wily usurper for dethroning the eternal Jehovah. I mean, God's will is free. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I read scriptures and I think, well, I, sometimes I don't understand. I look at um, times in which... Uh, you find where Abraham is praying and, and God says he's going to do this one thing to Lot and Sodom. There's so many people and maybe you know or are familiar with that. And, and, and he prays and God says, well, there's 45. And Abraham keeps praying, well, maybe there's 40 or there's 35. And we think, well, was, he, was he changing God's mind ultimately? I really don't believe he's changing God's mind at all. Guess what? Sodom and Gomorrah was still destroyed, but God was displaying a great kindness and mercy by revealing that to us. He's showing us today, hey, there weren't ten people in that place. God was showing us actually how merciful He was in that uh, and how He spoke with Abraham there. Um, anyhow, uh, we're not wanting to focus just on that. 
Let's talk about God's will some more. God's quality of God's will is that it is one of power. You know, it's one thing for us to will something, or want something, or desire something, but as we said before, we don't have the power to always carry that out, do we? But God's will is one of power. God lacks no power to will that which He would want to do, and that which He wills to do will, of course, be in accordance to His nature, to His holiness, His justice. And because God has all power, His will is carried out. That which God has determined that He's going to do, He's going to do. God has never been thwarted one time by men or by demons. God has never lost a battle. God has never went up against Satan, what Satan's designed, and, and boy, God has said, boy, I can't believe I lost that one. Man has never planned something, and, and God didn't see it coming. And man has never done something, and God said, boy, I wish I could have stopped him. That's never happened, ever. I love this, this verse in Daniel 4, 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. I really believe that. Folks, I, I, like, I like talking about this today because, one, I don't talk about every service. I can't do that. Uh, but at the same time, what comfort it should bring us as children of God in the days in which we live. God is carrying out His sovereign purpose and will. Listen, say, so, well, well, things are getting crazy. Have you read Revelation? <laughs> Don't you think God's kind of planned on that? It says, no, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? I love that. God's will is one of power. It's freedom within His nature. It's one of power. What God will, He can accomplish and shall accomplish. And God's will is immutable. We talked about the immutability of God, but I want you to think about His will in regard to that. God hasn't changed His mind. God didn't say, well, that's a good idea, and then later decide, oh no, that was a bad idea. I think I'll do something different. God's will is the expression of his, of his nature and character. So thus, ultimately, His will is unchanging. Whatever God has decreed and willed in eternity will surely come to fruition in time. It's going to happen. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, it may be familiar to, to, to some of us, but I, I want you to see what he says here and ask yourself, do I really believe this? Ephesians 1, 11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him. Then he says, Who works all things, all things according to the counsel of His will. Folks, I believe that. Do we truly believe that today? That when we look out in this world and we see what all is going on, do we really believe that God is working all things after the counsel of His own will, His own desire? You know, Job no doubt believed that, that God would do whatever God wanted. After all that, that Job had been through, I mean, th this was Job's comfort. This was Job's comfort. He said this uh, in Job 23, 13, and 14, uh, but he is in one mind. And who can turn him? And what his soul desires, even that he doeth. 
for he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. That's what Job said. Remember Job? He's a guy that lost everything. He has appointed the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Remember, I mean, well, Satan came, and Satan asked for permission to do these things to Job, right? God gave him permission. We see that Satan did all those things, but at the same time, at the end of all of that, Job said what? The Lord, finish it for me, the Lord giveth. And who? The Lord taketh away. He didn't say the Lord giveth and Satan taketh away, did he? But the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So, well, how does that fit in the scheme of, of Satan coming to God and asking for permission? I don't get it all. But I know God was still in charge. And I know that after Job said that, the Bible says that Job did not charge God foolishly. So, so it wasn't a foolish statement the Bible is telling us that Job made and saying that about God. Let's talk about God's will of purpose for a moment. God's will of purpose. Now this aspect of the will of God is, in a the theological world is sometimes known as His secret will, um, his, his will of His eternal purposes. Uh, God's will of purpose is, is bound up in His eternal decrees. Listen, there's, there's some things that God's planned. You know what? He hasn't told us everything. <laughs> um, but God has wisely decreed all things that will come to pass in time. His will of purpose includes, listen, evil as well as good. Now, I'm not saying that God makes men do evil. <laughs> but God, in spite of man's evil, and God sometimes even in working through the evil of men, He's always accomplishing His purpose. Isaiah 46 verse 10 says this, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east. A ravenous bird was an unclean bird. Do you think God can use unclean men to accomplish His purpose? He sure has. Isn't that where we get Pharaoh with what God said to Pharaoh? When Pharaoh wouldn't let Israel go? He said, I've raised you up to declare my glory. And the way he used Pharaoh to declare God's glory was that Pharaoh would be in rebellion against God, and God used that to declare who God was, the wonderful works of God. So God even works through the unclean, the man that executes my counsel from a far country. Speaking to Israel, what he's saying, he said, I don't have to use Jews. That would have meant to a Gentile hearing that, I can use Gentiles to do whatever I want. Yea, I have spoken, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. Now, like I said, immediately we might think, well, what about sin? Listen, the Bible equally, so how do we look at this? Well, the Bible equally teaches us that Satan is the father of sin. He's the father of lies. God doesn't make people sin at the same time. But in spite of man's sin, and even working through man's sin, knowing all things that shall come to pass, God works His sovereign purposes through man's sin. Listen, there's been some terrible things that have happened to, to most of us in life. Sinful things that have happened against us from other people. 
Do you honestly think that God is working through that still for you as His child? Or is that somehow out of, out of His hand? Does He not work all things, good and evil things, for our own good? He works it all out. I don't understand how He does it all. And He's still not the author of sin. That's how great our God is. He still remains in thinking about this. He hasn't changed who He is. Remember, He's still holy. He's still true. He's still a God of justice. And you have to remember that when you start thinking about these eternal purposes and decrees of God that somehow include the evil that men do. Satan's or man's rebellion never keeps God from His purposes, and in reality, God's work through them to accomplish His eternal decrees. Uh, Jerry Bridges said this well, I think. He said, We do have a responsibility to make wise decisions or to discover the will of God, whichever term we may prefer to use, but God's plan for us is not contingent upon our decisions. In other words, God isn't up there waiting to see what we decide so He can figure out what to do. God's plan is not contingent at all. God's plan is sovereign. It includes our foolish decisions as well as our wise ones. I'm glad of that. I've made some foolish decisions in my life and God's seen it coming. Proverbs 16, 9 states this, A man's heart devises his way but the Lord directs His steps. I like that. Now within God's will of purpose are instances where He permits men to commit wicked deeds to further His own glory. Now God, again, is no sense the author of sin or evil since His nature is absolutely holy and righteous, but God works through in His eternal decrees through the depravity of man, to accomplish God's own purposes. Now the greatest example that we can give of this in the Word of God is the actual crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We have some of the, the clearest verses that, that kind of combine these two thoughts. Turn to Acts chapter 2, if you would. God decreed and purposed the death of His Son. Is it not written even in the Old Testament, correct? And we know that the Bible teaches that even before the foundation of the world, God had chosen a people. He'd already planned all of that. Our finite mind just can't really understand this, can it? But hopefully, at least through the Scriptures and stating these things, we have a bigger grasp, a better grasp of, of who God is. And this helps us, I think, to understand these things because... When we see the evil plans and purposes of, of all of the evil that's out there in the world, we don't have a mindset that says, oh no, things are out of control. Well, out of whose control? They're out of my control, and I'm glad. They're out of my control. I can't stop it. There's some things I should be doing that's revealed in God's Word, but I cannot stop what God has decreed. But I am thankful that God's in control. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 23, here Peter is preaching during Pentecost, and he says uh, this to those hearing. It says, Him, speaking of Jesus, 
uh, God being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. So God gave Jesus there to be determined, had a determined purpose, foreknowledge of God. All of that was planned. But then he says, You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. So this is all part of God's plan. But you, in your wickedness, did this. God didn't make them do it, but they did it. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 26, Peter's preaching here once again, and he says this, The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Right? Then he says, To do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look at their threats. I mean, so there we see a combination there of wicked men doing what they did to Jesus, but at the same time we see God's hand of purpose was determined that all of these things would come to pass. God planned the death of His Son. But wicked men did it and were 100% responsible for it. A man by the name of Walter Elwell said this. He said, There is unquestionably a great mystery here as to how a holy God can who cannot even look upon evil, can work His will through evil. But that He does is a clear teaching of Scripture. If something could get outside the will of God, it would become a God unto itself and rival, and a rival to God. Such can never be the case. God alone is God, and there is no other. I believe that, what he stated. But now let's go on here to talk about God's revealed will. God's revealed will. This sometimes is called as God's uh, perceptive will. God's revealed will is what is uh, clearly seen in the Scriptures. Um, God has revealed to us what is right, what is just, what is good in His Word. He's given us the moral law by which we are to regulate our lives, our behavior, our hearts. He's given us admonitions, exhortations necessary to, to how to live right. He's given us express warnings against sin, its consequences. And there's no question that it is God's revealed will to do many things. One of those to, to abstain from, from, from sin, of course. I mean, you, don't, you never have to pray about that. Lord, what's your will for me regarding uh, this activity, and it's a sinful activity. I mean, you don't have to pray about what the will of God is. You, you know, is it God's will uh, for me to commit sexual immorality? No, it's not. Never. Not once. Ever. <laughs> I remember one of the first times in, in ever I ever heard somebody blame God for their sin because they really knew that God wanted this for them. I, you're cheating on your husband. You're cheating on your husband, and you think this is God's will. Never. God's revealing His will to us. That's what we are to obey, always. You don't have to pray about it. God has revealed to us through His Word. 
because God's will has been revealed to us in the Word of God, that is our responsibility to obey it. In other words, let's not get all caught up in God's mysterious will, things that we are unknown, and God's purposes, eternal decrees, how He's going to go about that, okay? I don't understand all of that that I've even said. I've been very hesitant on many words, trying to limit my words there because I don't get all of that, though I know it's true. But what I can be certain of for us is to know that we are to obey God's revealed will to us, to His people, in the Word of God. A lot of things I don't understand that God may be doing in our country, in the world, or why God allows this and this, and how does, how does God work through the sinful acts of men to accomplish His purposes. I don't understand all of that, though I believe it to be true that God's in charge, God's in control. But I don't rest in that sense that now I'm not responsible to do what God has told me to do. God has decreed some things, and they're going to come to pass, and we know it's going to come to pass, but God has also commanded us on what we are to be presently doing while God brings that to pass. In other words, we cannot use what we know to be God's eternal decrees as some sort of excuse for us to not be obedient to what God has revealed in His Word for us to do. I've seen people actually use the sovereignty of God. and Well, God's got it all planned out, and so therefore, if, if I go ahead and sin, it doesn't matter because God's still going to accomplish what God wants to do. That's not what we're saying at all. We are responsible to obey God's revealed will in His Word. Now sadly, unlike God's determined will, God's eternal decrees, as they will be carried out, God's will that is revealed to mankind isn't always obeyed. Right? Right? Absolutely. Um, Proverbs chapter 1. God commands all men everywhere to repent. That's an Acts, right? It's all through the Word of God. But does every man repent? No. No. In Proverbs 1, verse 24, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I mean, listen, man in his natural state, apart from the grace of God, we reject God. That is all through the Word of God. The natural man receives not the things of God. God reveals to man what is right and good in accordance to God's holiness. Yet man, because of his nature, chooses to not do it. But we today, as God's people, we are responsible to obey God's revealed will for us. You can't not operate your life on what you think to be God's secret will. I, 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 sometimes I see Christians more concerned about the unknown than the known. We spend a lot of time thinking about, well, well what of this and what of that, whenever we have plenty of what we know to be true. I've seen sometimes Christians go for a long time trying to determine what God's will is for them. A long time. Whenever, if they just open up the Word of God, it's, it's pretty clear. God has revealed His will to us. And, and if you're trying to pray about God's will, it's not some mysterious thing. You can open up God's Word and read it and find out what God wants you to do. And if you think God's wanting you to do something that goes against what He's revealed, it's not God wanting you to do that. He's not told you to do that. 
We don't have to live in the dark if you would. God will shine His light. It's right there in the Word of light. We can open it up and it bears light on our conscience and, and reveals to us what God wants for us. Now let me mention some things here regarding uh, God's will of purpose and God's revealed will. God's will of purpose will always be accomplished. Always. Whereas His revealed will, as we just said, is often neglected and rejected by men. But at the same time, God is still accomplishing His purposes. God's will of purpose is fully known only to Himself. God hasn't told us everything. And the way He's going to do it is fully known to Himself. Those fixed and eternal decrees are known to God and God alone. Whereas His revealed will is clearly made known in the Word of God. In other words, God doesn't, isn't expecting us to read His mind to find out what we are supposed to do. He reveals unto us in His Word what He wants us to do. Now, the, the best scripture, and this is one, of course, I haven't used much, but we know our beloved Jerry used it all the time. Uh, her favorite, I think it was like her life verse, I think it seemed like it was. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. If you didn't understand the first part of this message, just take that. But those things that are revealed belong to us. There's a lot of secret things about God that we do not know and understand. I'm very careful in trying to talk about some of those eternal decrees of God and God still working through the wickedness of men. I don't understand all that, but I know that God is holy and righteous and good and God hates sin always. And we are responsible to obey and do right and good. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever and ever that we may do all the words of this law or of this book. Listen, we can get wrapped up in all the things that God might be doing here and God might be doing there. But are, let's ask the question, are we doing what God wants us to do right here? I can get very occupied very easily with the big picture of what God might be doing out there in the world, and I can spend a lot of time thinking about that. I think I need to spend a little more of that time, not that there's not some profit in, in thinking about some of those things, but I think I need to spend a little bit more time about what God has revealed to me right here in my life, in this moment, in my family, in the church. What does He want us to do? I, let's not spend so much time thinking about what God might be doing in all the other countries and, and this evil and that evil. What's God going to do through that? And, and what if this country does this and this man does that? How's God going to do this? Listen, we can spend a lot of time thinking about those things. I, I've been there, done that. And there needs to be some prudence and, and seeing some evil on the horizons and, and, and things coming down the pike, we might say, that we might be able to prepare for. But at the same time, where all that's going on, we have work to do, church. God has revealed to us some things, men, in our families and how we are to live. God has shown us how to, how to love our wives. God has shown us in His Word what He expects of us as men, as mothers, as fathers, as children, as citizens. He has shown us so much. And that's what we are responsible to do. Listen, it can be a great comfort to the people of God, I think, today, to know that, 
no matter what happens in, in this life, even through the depravity of men's thoughts and hearts, which we are seeing manifested more and more, our God is still accomplishing His eternal decrees and purpose. I know He's doing that. When you, when you read the book of Revelation and you see all these things going to come to pass, I take comfort in that. I believe that all of that's going to be fulfilled. When you truly understand that God is truly in charge and He's accomplishing all of His will and purpose in the big things and the little things in our life, it helps us to obey admonitions like 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 where it says, in everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What? It doesn't mean that everything is good, but there's a measure of thankfulness you can have to know that God is still accomplishing His will in your life in the bad. That's Romans 8, 28, right? God's will is being accomplished, and there's great comfort in that for us. So what are, what are we worried about as Christians? What are we worried about? It's real easy to get worried, real easy to get fretful, isn't it? When we live in the reality of, of what we're talking about today, we understand God's bigger than all of it. And God's, had a, God's got a plan, an eternal plan, and it's coming to pass. And He has been pleased to reveal some of those eternal decrees to us that's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be a mark of the beast happen. And I could spend a lot of time trying to figure all that out. But it's going to happen. God decreed that. The mark of the beast is going to happen. God decreed that. <laughs> now, because God decreed it, I'm not going to... Say, well, God decreed that, so I should be a part of that plan. Right? And make sure that it happens. Or what's the mark with the beast going to be? Maybe I can invest in it and make some money on it. Listen, there's a lot of things God's doing. And we don't understand it all. I don't get it all. Listen, I'm, every, every week I'm learning. Every, every week I'm seeing things, hearing things. And, and I can see the bigger picture, if you would. Oh, God's doing this and God's doing that. But that's how we have to see it, isn't it? God is doing this and God is doing that. We look at it too much, well, the world is doing this and nations are doing this and wicked men are doing this and I understand they are doing things that are bad and wicked. But understand, God has written what we have before us that has been foretold that is still to come to pass. That evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And there's going to come a time of the Antichrist. God said that. Those things shall happen. And I'm glad they're written in the Word of God, right? I'm just asking us the question, why do we worry and fret? Let us be obedient to what we know to do to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes the hearts of men. Let us obey the Word of God revealed to us. That will keep us plenty occupied in our life. Let's concern ourselves with obedience to the revealed will of God. And so ask yourself the question, what has God revealed or made known to me today as an individual, as a family, as a church, 
And what will I do with that? If you choose to disobey God and live in rebellion, that is on you. But know this. God's eternal decree is this, that you would spend eternity in hell. So you don't want to do that. Submit and surrender unto the Lord God Almighty unto His revealed will to you today. If you're here and lost, repent of your sins, believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, and God has decreed and promised that whosoever believes upon Him shall have everlasting life. You can reject that. You can. Or you can receive it. I'm glad to know this. That in the end, when it's all wrapped up and all done, folks, God is not going to be disappointed in Himself. God is not going to be disappointed in Himself that He didn't accomplish certain things. That He tried to do some things and it got the better of Him and He couldn't get it done. Folks, if that happened one time, God does not have all power. One, if it happened one time. You realize that? If one thing happened in our life that, that God did not allow to happen, I don't know how else to say allow to happen, determined to happen, whatever you want to use, if there's one thing in our life, no matter how good or how bad it may be, if there's one thing in our life that happened that God said, man, I wish that, that, that wouldn't have happened to them, or, or I wish in the sense that I could have stopped it, anything at all. And that thing's bigger and greater than our God, whomever cause that to happen that's not the God we serve now as a lost person it should strike some fear in your heart because let me tell you what God is great God is awesome God is mighty and you need to bow before him in submission and surrender repent of your sins because he is a great and awesome terrifying God that needs to be obeyed repent and believe the gospel father in heaven I pray for your help today. Use this lesson, this message, Lord. I, it's hard to talk about how great you are and your will and, and how awesome of a God you are in all things. Oh, our, our, our little minds just cannot fathom or comprehend the greatness, the vastness of the Almighty God that the heaven of heavens cannot contain Him who, who measures the waters of the earth in the palm of His hand and, and even the heavens and, and the span of His hand. A great and mighty is our God. There is none like You. You have determined that the decrees that shall come to pass and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and, and we are but grasshoppers in Your sight and the earth is Your footstool, we are told. You are the Almighty. You are great. You are awesome. You are all majestic, all ruling and sovereign. And yet at the same time, the great God that You are chose to condescend to men of low estate and to come and, and, and to form in a likeness of, of sinful men and take upon yourself flesh and be a sacrifice for us lowly sinners who are worthy of the judgment of God. Yet you condescended that much because you had a people that you were going to save. Thank you. One thing that should echo in our hearts and minds through this message is how much a great God has condescended to us people to give your Son to die on the cross for our sins. And yet man in his rebellion is rejecting that message. Oh God, draw all the lost unto you today.
cause them to surrender and repent of their sins and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Draw them to Yourself, we pray, Father in Heaven, by Your Spirit. In Jesus' name, and Amen. Let's all stand, please, as we...